insight that has come to me that I'm going to include in my writing, that people say black people do not have generational wealth. And it is partially true. But a greater truth is our history is our generational wealth. Retired educator Dr. Sylvia G. Rousseau grew up in Madisonville, but attended Harriet Beecher Stowe School in the West End. That's what we keep drawing on and taking out of the bank of our history that moves us forward. Hear her story in episode 21 of the West End Stories Project. I'm Key, manager of the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Libraries West End Branch. Thanks for listening. I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, in 1938. And were you born in the West End? No, I was born in uh, what's called Walnut Hills now. Okay. And did did you live in the West End? No, I never lived in the West End. However, there's an interesting story of my connection to the West End. So um, I moved to as part of uh, Cincinnati called Madisonville when I was three. And um, at that time, the schools were so-called desegregated, uh, but my older brother had had a very negative experience as a black young man at uh, Madisonville School. I was reverse bussed out of an integrated school to Harriet Beecher Stowe School, which was a very segregated school where black teachers, it was one of the few places where black teachers were allowed to teach. And so my formative years from kindergarten through sixth grade were at Harriet Beecher Stowe in the West End. Oh, okay. That's, that's interesting. Can you tell me about your time at Stowe School? It was an amazing time. And as I have given my life as an educator, I recognize more and more it's the kind of school particularly that every child should experience and the kind of school that black children have a right to. Those teachers were nurturing. They were smart. They were dedicated. They were part of a generation of black teachers who believed it was their mission to do well by the children as the next generation. When I finished sixth grade there, I went to Walnut Hills High School, as you have to be tested to go into it. And what I found there that the few black students who were at Walnut Hills had come from schools like Harriet Beecher Stowe, where those black teachers had dedicated themselves to our success. Are there any particular memories or teachers that you want to discuss or highlight? Yes, I hope I can remember names now. But one uh, was Miss Kalman, who was assistant principal. And I remember just walking into her office. She would always hug the children and always had a little treat for us and made us feel like this was our school. I remember Mrs. Renfro. I think it's Eileen Renfro, who was one of my early teachers. And I remember uh, Miss Alexander. Uh, those are just a few who I Miss Kennedy and Miss Ryder. Miss Ryder 
was so dedicated to children having experience with the arts uh, that she uh, had a piano in her cloakroom. That's where we hung our coats. And her husband, who was a musician, came in to teach us piano. That was my first experience. And my fourth grade teacher was my aunt. Her aunt's name was Ruhema Moody. And since she lived nearby, she rode back and forth to school with her every day. So my grandmother, my Aunt Lou's mother, was a teacher as well, going to the early uh, uh, versions of Spelman College. At that time, I think it was considered a Baptist seminary school that uh, educators from the North, women, white women, came and settled uh, and established it, and it later was renamed Spelman College. But my grandmother was an advocate, strong advocate for rights and educational rights. So actually, as I was maturing and became a young adult, I just didn't want to go into teaching because I had so many family members that would teach. I said, there must be something else that people do. And so I resisted it. But my aunt and my grandmother were my inspiration. Aunt Ruth's house and Aunt Mag's house, these sisters were like the Delaney sisters. They lived together and they promoted education. And Aunt Ruth's house always had a piano where we were taught. We always heard recordings of Edward R. Murrell. Uh, we heard the music of Paul Robeson and Marion Anderson. It was just a house full of culture, and it was a setting for us to grow and to know who we are and who our people were. I still draw on my love for the English language. I became an English major and high school English teacher. She had a strong background in Latin, so my understanding of sentence structure and grammar and, and how words work together for me come from my experience with my Aunt Lou as her fourth grade student. At that time, Cincinnati had two colored schools, Frederick Douglass School in Walnut Hills and Harriet Beecher Stowe School in the West End, which was pretty controversial. We, you know, many writers and cognitive psychologists uh, in education say, that when children are exposed to rigor, because we were exposed to rigor, we had no trouble navigating a Walnut Hills High School, even though we were in the minority. But they say when children are exposed to rigor, that intelligence is not static, that you continue to grow. The brain grows. New dendrites grow. We, we become smarter the more exposed to rigor. And that's what I'm grateful to Harriet Beecher Stowe and those teachers. We were exposed to rigor. We felt like we were doing things, that we were entitled to do things and to be somebody. And my Aunt Ruth, years after she retired, had students who were still calling her to thank her for an elementary school experience. It was amazing. And my Aunt Rue retired early after so-called desegregation and court orders because she felt that when children were dispersed into schools that didn't want them, that 
teachers were watering down the curriculum, thinking, having such low expectations of our children uh, that she just couldn't take it anymore. She retired early. Sometimes, while she waited to ride home with her Aunt Rue, she stayed in a library with her father's sister, Mary Finley, who was one of Cincinnati's first black public librarians. So, um, a little background. Uh, Aunt Mary was my father's sister. And my Aunt Mary, uh, they grew up early years in Madisonville and then moved to Walnut Hills. So, this is in the early 20th century, early 20th century. So they relocated from Madisonville to Walnut Hills. And Aunt Mary and my father and family uh, then settled there. But in later years, they all came back to Madisonville. I grew up surrounded in the village of Madisonville with my Aunt Mary and Uncle Dick and all of my father's family, they all followed my family back to Madisonville. And then my mother's family followed my mother and father back to Madisonville. So I grew up in this village of aunts and uncles all around me who were educators, who were committed to civil rights, who stood up, I learned from them, and Aunt Mary, being my father's sister, was one of those persons who had a heavy influence on me, teaching me the love of reading. In many ways, I may have modeled my demeanor after Aunt Mary. She was just, just so, so loving, so inviting, very proper, very proper. And I saw that in her, and people say that I reminded her uh, them of her, and I think I picked that up from her. The carriage, uh, how you're strong and you fight for rights, but you do it in a way that is, for lack of a better word, so ladylike, so dignified. And that's what I saw in all of my aunts, but I saw it in Aunt Mary as well. It's interesting, the Moody's and the Gordons, my mother's family Moody and my father's Gordons. Aunt Mary was a Gordon, Mary Gordon Finley. And we would compare, uh, they had come part of the migration out of Virginia, Newport News, the Gordons had. And my mother's family had come out of the great migration from Georgia. But they began to compare that there was almost a match across each family of first in their in their profession. So my Uncle Buss, Norris Gordon, Aunt Mary's brother, was the first to graduate from the School of Pharmacy at the University of Cincinnati. And there was a scholarship in his name for many years. And then my on my mother's side, her older sister did not survive at the School of Pharmacy as a black woman, but she went to Hawaii, and she was one of the first women to become a black woman pharmacist. My history is filled with these black women, and it doesn't discount the black men, but the foresight of these women who had children, bore children, in the oppression of the South, 
who said, I want something better for my children. Aunt Mary's mother, my grandmother, said, my children will not experience this inferior education they're getting in Newport News. I'm moving the whole family to Cincinnati. And she said to her husband, who worked in the shipyard, Wash, his name was George Washington Gordon, Wash, you better come with us because my children are not going to live in this segregated uh, Newport News. <laughs> so Wash, my father's father, and, of course, Aunt Mary's father, said, well, I'm coming too. <laughs> and he, oh, it's such a beautiful, long story. Oh, I can't tell it all. When work was not available in Cincinnati, Aunt Mary's father would go back to the shipyards in Newport News and make enough money to come back to Cincinnati. That's the background that produced in Aunt Mary and my father and my Uncle Buck and all the others. This is making me reflect on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I keep reflecting on them. Um, uh, as I'm writing my mother's stories, these come, and this interview is quite helpful for me, too, because I'm saying what a treasure our ancestors, my Aunt Mary, my Aunt Lou, my mother, my father, we, there's a scripture that says we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. And that's exactly, I, we're carrying this treasure of our ancestors in our own vessels. And my gratitude when I say that generational wealth just keeps increasing in value, every time we take a withdrawal, it just grows in us. Thank you so much for listening to this installment of the West End Stories Project. The West End Stories Project is brought to you by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library and is co-produced by your host, Key, and our grants librarian, Kent Mulcahy. If you like what you've heard, listen and subscribe to the West End Stories Project wherever you get your favorite podcasts and help us get discovered by leaving a review. Thank you. Are you familiar with Park Town? Yep, it's still there. That's right. So we lived there. It was a co-op. It was made up of people, all races and religions and backgrounds, trying to create a kind of an oasis there in the West End of people coming together. And my husband was in seminary, but he pastored a little church in Law Homes. Actually, they met in the basement. Uh, but he was bringing people together from all races and uh, backgrounds in that pastor. And so I ended up visiting the Lincoln Park uh, Library with my Aunt Mary with my children. So it was full circle that I would take my children to that library, and they met Aunt Mary, uh, my aunt, who, again, was this amazing, welcoming one. There's just... Every library, wherever she was, there was this welcoming, loving of children, inviting them to be readers and enjoy the world that books provided. So my children, they were another generation 
experiencing Aunt Mary.